Welcome to the FNO InsureTech Podcast, a place where movers and shakers from all points within the insurance ecosystem gather and discuss all things InsureTech. We talk about how technology and innovation are affecting and driving change in the industry. Here are your hosts, Lee Boyd and Rob Beller. Hey, podcast world. Welcome to our last episode of 2023, even though you're hearing this in 2024. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. It's the new year. This is one of those time warp things. This is like time travel. Yeah. What do you think? We're saying Happy New Year, but we don't even know what the new year holds. No. right. We don't even know what what all you've been through yet. We're just predicting that it's still okay to say Happy New Year. Happy New Year. That's right. That's right. We're we're just predicting that we'll all be around in the new year. That's exactly right. None of us yeah. know that to be true. Well, you don't know what tomorrow holds. Is that right, Rob? You do not know what tomorrow holds. So seize the day. Carpe diem, I say. Carpe diem. Carpe diem. That's right. That's right. Dead Poet Society. Great movie. Great movie. Takes me back to my high school days. We always talked about Carpe Diem. And man, I love that movie. Standing on the desk. Oh, Did you used to do that in high school? Well, we, we talked about it, but it never actually <laughs> I can't happened. see you doing that. You're way too good of a boy. You were a good boy. You were always a good, good boy. Did I your was. parents ever get a single phone call from a teacher or the school saying, Mr. and Mrs. Boyd, we have your son here and he's a bad boy. Did that ever happen? No, one time? That, that never happened. That was not a thing. I was, I, was a good, I was a good person. So for those of you who don't know Lee Boyd, in the dictionary... Right next to the term goody two shoes <laughs> is a picture of Lee Boyd. Oh. It's true. I mean, it is. I cannot say that. I had more SWATs, more detentions, more um, uh, suspensions than I oh, can even man. remember. I, I had none of that. I had none of that. I was a, I was a pal at school. I was, a, I was an Eagle Scout. I, did, I followed the straight and narrow. And look what happens. See how the world just goes around and it pushes a misfit and yeah. a goody two shoes together on the same podcast. How in the That's world right. does that happen? Look at that. And and we get along great. What we kind of crazy great. upside down world do we live in anyways? What a weird world. What, what a, a crazy weird world. world. What a weird world. I know. Maybe I should have had a little more fun. Speaking Go of real, weird worlds. Yeah. <laughs> Segway. How about AI? AI is a weird thing in our world. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everywhere you you turn, you listen, AI, AI, AI. In fact, I hate even talking about it. We've talked about it so much on our podcast recently that it's like, wow, we talk about AI a lot. Guess what we're talking about today? I hope we get to talk about AI today. Nothing but. We're we're talking about AI today. We We have Sri Ramaswamy the CEO and founder of Charlie AI. Yeah, but this isn't just AI. This is insurance-based. Charlie AI is a trained model for insurance, insurance-specific. It's going to help you uh, find SIU quicker, litigation. It's going to help with reserves. It's going to give you insight that you didn't even know you needed, that you do need. It's a it's a really interesting company. Been around since 2016, and uh, and she comes on today and tells us the the whole story. Yes, and Sri's a very interesting woman who came up with this idea and founded the company and has been playing and goofing around with with AI for uh, over 10 years. And so we could talk all about it, or you could just listen to what she. Has say I think it, we let them. Which Let's you'll, let them you'll, you'll be way better off. But I, but I just want to say one thing. I'll oh, bet you there was one time you got in trouble. You're hiding that from us. There, there was one time. One. There was one time I did something that was silly. Did it involve drinking? Absolutely not. I, I did, didn't drink until. Did I was it involve 21. smoking pot? I've never smoked pot. Absolutely not. Okay, so I accidentally wrote on the carpet at school with the permanent marker. Not realizing I was daydreaming and that was the only time I kind of got in a little bit of trouble. Okay. So there you go, folks. Just when you thought, wow, Mm -hmm. the perfect person, you all find out, no, he wrote on the carpet 
Mm-hmm. There was very yeah, little. Permanent was, marker. It's probably still there dot. today. Probably still no, there today. The good thing is they were getting new carpet at the end, end of the year. So mm-hmm. you I might like you better. might want us to think that, Lee, but we know better. Well, but hey, I came clean. See, I'm an honest. I'm an honest delinquent. Well, listen, everybody. Happy New Year! And here's our interview with Sri Ramaswamy, founder and CEO at Charlie AI. Hey, everybody, we are here with our special guest coming to us from Pleasanton. Is that correct? Pleasanton, San Ramon, East San Bay. Ramon. East, East San Bay. Francisco. Silicon Valley? Yes. Okay. Coming to us, one of those people, a Silicon Valley person coming to us all the way from um, the center of technology in the United States, California. Welcome. We have with us the founder and CEO of. Charlie AI, Sri Ramaswamy. I, I got it out. You got it out. Good job. How did I do? Perfect. You scored a goal. Okay. There you <laughs> go. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. So you are Australian? Are, are you from Australia? You're from India? You're from where? Tell us, tell, give us a little bit about you. Give us a so minute on, on, on you. Yeah. I mean, you're asking for a long journey there, but I'll give it to you. Okay, so I'm not an Australian. I am an Indian. I was born in India, southern part of India. And I did my undergrad in India. And I moved to Australia for my master's. That itself was a very uh, movie-like, drama-filled, you know, episodes that we can cover probably in in a series sometime. Okay. <laughs> and I moved and I moved to uh, Australia for my master's in the IT. And I stayed in Australia after I finished my master's. I stayed there, worked in the banking industry, and then I got married and I moved to the United States. Okay. Do you, do you make it back to India or Australia very often? Not to Australia. I had to uh, my um, my PR what they call the permanent residency expired. And at that time in Australia, I didn't really, you know, get a citizenship because I wasn't sure how long I'm going to be there. I wanted to keep my Indian passport and go back to India and, you know, be flexible. Uh, My mom was looking for, you know, matches for me. Yeah, arranged marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, let's keep this flexible. I, I did want to go back at some point wasn't sure. So after I moved to the United States, I, you know, my Australia PR expired in some time and then I didn't renew that. And then I didn't go back, although I felt like I did want to. And India, I keep going. My parents are still there. And my husband's, you know, side uh, sibling is there. His dad is there. So we, we at least try to make a trip once a year, you know, if, if possible. You have a facility there, right? Or a, a, an office? We do have a wholly owned subsidiary in Chennai. And yeah, I mean, the team is fairly independent. So, and we have a, a lead there. One of my co-founders is there. And and they uh, support the kind of development work you guys are spearheading here? Yes. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. So enough about you. <laughs> Let's talk about Charlie AI. So why don't you start by sharing with us what Charlie AI is and, and what, what you guys do? I'll give you um, a little story before we get started. Please. We love stories. Please. So my husband, you know, I, so when I moved to Australia, from Australia to the US, I was working still in the banking industry, consultant, doing data analytics projects and customer related projects, you know, involving data analytics, advanced analytics. And it so happened that um, I had to stop consulting and stop traveling and stay in one place. And because of that, you know, I had to, uh, I just got put into the insurance industry. And I started working for a carrier, a work comp carrier in San Diego. And that's really what opened up my, my entrepreneurship spirit again because I saw a lot of opportunities, you know, with data. And I'm a data person, you know, by nature. I love data. I, I, that's 
that's what really got me started. And there I did a couple of projects, really was happy with the results. And, you know, when I started, I I never thought I would stick stick it out in the insurance industry for too long. But then, you know, my manager once told me like on my, I think it was my fourth day being there. And I told her, I won't be here for more than a week. And she goes, you know, if you love data, Shri, you'll be here for a long time. And <laughs> she was right. And after that, you know, after a few years there, I, you know, I got, you know, asked to join a software company based in Boston. They were doing vertical solutions, leveraging different analytics products. I launched two solutions, architected and launched two solutions, one in the claims and one in the underwriting side. When we were getting the, um, you know, initial onboarding and initial few customers and the SI partners and all that for that solution, I was talking to a lot of claims managers. And what became evident to me was the unstructured data. Mm -hmm. And it was very uh, critical, you know, because it has the insights. It has it has a lot of, you know, hidden um, attributes that were not accessible. And for claims managers who are completely dealing only with risks, it is so important for them to understand the entire story if they have to make decisions that are objective and not subjective. So to me, I just, I, I thought, you know, insurance was fascinating because of that, because now you're turning a story into a financial decision. Yeah. And that can impact the the profitability of the organization. So what can be more critical than that? If you cannot access those those insights in the story, you're not going to get the chapter headlines. You're not going to get the chapter title and probably not even the title of the book. You know, and, and so to me, that was fascinating. And, you know, I came back. I had a three-year-old, could not travel too much. Yeah. So I had to find, you know, a balance what they call a work-life balance, which, you know, we'll talk at the end. But what was, uh, you know, important to me was, can I find a way to create a common denominator by basically taking the unstructured data insights and attributes and converting them into structured data attributes, then we can, we can then use that to measure and build your analytics on. So that was the goal. That's really what started off the trigger. And right around the same time, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to come back and I'm not going to travel. I'm going to start my own consulting and just, you know, trying to figure out research, build a platform, work with companies to build solutions on top. That's how it started, you know, quite some time back and as a consulting organization. Can you help us understand whenever you say unstructured data, what, mm -hmm. what do you mean by that? So that's what I was going to give you the example. The next, I mean, when I came back and what happened around the time, and, and Lee, I, I promise I'm going to get to this. And oh, okay. Good, good. What happened was um, my husband has, had never met with an accident, you know, touch wood. And, and he went to Trader Joe's, parked his car, you know, did the shopping, came back. And while he was, you know, taking his car out, there's a car next to him that just came there and parked. And... The person did not see that the car, I, I don't know if they didn't see or they did see, but when he was pulling his car, the, the gentleman, you know, opened the driver, opened his door and it kind of like left a, you know, small scratch, what they call fender bender. And they exchanged insurance information at that time. The, the, the gentleman, the driver said, I think we can sort this out ourselves, you know, and we just... Um, you know, exchange numbers, they exchange insurance information. And, you know, my husband informs the insur in our insurance um, company. I mean, literally, there was just a, you know, it was just a scratch on our car. Yeah. Nothing happened to his car. And this claim goes on. And then, you know, what happens within a month is that this gentleman brings an attorney complains about, you know, medical injuries, some were quite severe. And, you know, my, and then he calls and then before, you know, they file the claim, the gentleman talks about, you know, making a, making a deal 
and you know just just telling the insurance company these 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 things and my husband tells all these details to the insurance company all this was written down in the story the end result of this was that what should have been just you know actually a claim should have been denied but what should have been a a small amount you know whatever it is for the fender bender or just for the claim to go away turned out to be a $50,000 claim because the attorney was involved and because they claimed injuries what was not taken is the story that my husband told them which had lot of facts in them and that's what is your unstructured data those those story points those points in his illustration of hey tell me what happened tell me how did this accident happen and you're interviewing the person you are going and and um providing your what they call as the recorded statement that has an immense amount of value and if you just listen to all the information in that you know he gave away a lot of things saying you know the the door just open and here is the you know fender bender no there was no um injuries at all in fact you know it, it was like absolutely no uh, dent to his car at all so nothing of that was utilized in the decision making process nothing was even you know kept in mind and then i mean they should have resolved this claim within a, within less than a month and when you allow for more time on these kind of claims what ends up happening is the attorney will step in the doctors medical providers will step in and the claim obviously ended up being more severe but what happened in the process is our premiums went up oh wow sure of course of course so that was a light bulb to me that said hey this unstructured data does carry a lot of weightage and does carry a lot of attributes that should become the common denominators for you to be making objective decisions on this claim again remember it's a financial decision you're making on the settlement settlement is a financial decision attached to that are reserves and attached to that are expenses on how long you're spending on resolving the claim or adjudicating the claim so there are i would say the the three triangle points in the in that decision making are you know your expenses your your reserves and the actual indemnity these are the three triangle financial you know triangle points that you know impact the profitability and are also impacted themselves by the insights in the unstructured data which you know comes from police reports to your medical reports to even you know news that you have online publicly available information to what's in your claim files in your claim documents and and anything that is unstructured cannot be put in one field and so with this with this you i mean is all of this coming to light before you found charlie ai absolutely because back then there was no insurtech as such yeah and yeah. this was back in 2012 when i started my research and really you know started to hit on um, technologies or techniques of ai you know called natural language processing nlp natural language understanding nlu and you know we i when big data was like huge back then so mm-hmm. this is all big data because you cannot just you know um size these things into a into a traditional database and that's what makes it challenging because you need different kind of no sql databases you need a platform where i can bring in those documents with a pdf document or it's an api that i need to bring some data or i need to write a connector to plug into a third party you know database or or third party report so it requires different techniques it also requires a different platform and that's what really i started with um was was building a platform that could basically take all different types and sources of files and be able to process them and bring the information not even what i want to do with that information but initially it was just a platform to be able to 
very easily bring unstructured documents into a single you know platform sure because there's so many uh, data points i guess so many so much different information so does your does your product listen to somebody's report and and find things inside the report to that are that are um important to the determination of the the adjudication of the claim absolutely so it it's listening through the words <clears throat> it's not really listening to the conversations or the voice um but when we are we are all to do with the text anything that's that's textual whether it is in your claim files or your claim documents or your reports or third party files or even like you know the news media we are able to bring all that into one place and be and be able to you know basically extract the information which is mostly i would say all facts of loss so for example you know if you have a hurricane claim um what what you're looking for is what are the facts of loss what were the damages where were where were the damages um did the water get in through the roof did the water get in through the uh through the door and to the was the garage destroyed were the structures destroyed was it wind driven rain the tree fall on the roof you know and all these details are what we call as risk insights or characteristics of the loss or facts of loss it doesn't really involve about who is who 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 is the entity like who are the entities as in you know in the fraud in the fraud cases you are looking for more the person and those kind of things but what we are looking what charlie focuses on is these anonymized insights coming from the risk insights or the facts of loss that we have pre-trained it on and that's what we did once we once the platform was ready and i you know i had a customer i had couple of customers what i did was to kind of commercially go um you know as a product company so it took me some time from going you know building the platform to actually understanding how customers are going to use this sure you know and and then kind of building a plug and play solution on top of my platform and taking it to the fraud you know first was the fraud launch uh fraud solution launch on top of the platform sure i bet siu people see the value of your of a product like this more quickly absolutely i mean again you know it's a, it's a regulated industry and the only people that can actually prove insurance fraud are the department of insurance nicb and the law enforcement the insurance companies can only provide indicators mm-hmm. they can spot the indicators and they can refer that claim with those fraud fraudulent suspected fraudulent indicators and back to the department of insurance and these are what are called the siu referrals and that's the limitation that you have that the insurance companies themselves cannot you know have a lot of regulations i'm not saying they cannot but they have a lot of regulations in calling out fraud um and it's very difficult to prove you know it's the most difficult is in the bodily injury how do i know sure, sure. you're lying about your ptsd or <laughs> yeah. not i don't yeah. Yeah, how do how do you how do you know if somebody feel actually feels pain or not? You, you exactly. Exactly. You don't. I always I always think about fraud and I always I always look for the good in everything, but I realize that there's patterns out there that you could search for and there and there's things that you don't even think about. Um and I assume that's what you can do. So so Charlie AI is I mean could could you almost compare it to a chat gpt but specialized in in insurance is i mean in in today's terms i don't want to say i'll be insulted if you did compare it to <laughs> chat gpt but i think it is it, you could um and the reasons where we compare very well and i also give you the ones where we don't compare very well yeah so chat gpt if you look at it it's trained on publicly available data and what it predicts is the next set of keywords so for example if i say honest claim policy holder is you know it it's probably going to know what the next few words are or it's it's going to guess because it's been trained on 
publicly available data. Claims data is not publicly available data. You know, it belongs right. to the insurance company. Obviously, you, you know, for training it, you need expertise. You need the years and years of decades of experience that a claims manager or claims professional, you know, gains by resolving these cases over and over again. So you need you need you need those kind of expertise. It's not as easy as let me just predict the next set of keywords, and you know um, whether it's publicly available or not. But it's not as easy. That's the whole GPT is being you know being able to predict what the next set of keywords are. What we do in Charlie is we are actually taking all of these insights, and we have created what is called the domain interpretation layer or the claims language model. What it helps us do is it helps us kind of semantically understand what different adjusters, how different adjusters document their claim files because risk insights is a risk insight. My roof damage is a roof damage. The only part I need to know is how have you documented that? Are you saying DMG for damage? Or are you saying DMGE for damage? And, or are you wow. writing the whole thing out? Or are you saying the roof is not damaged? And so nuances, nuances that that each individual might bring. Exactly. That's exactly. complicated. That sounds very because complicated. That's very complicated. And there is there are industry abbreviations available for these. Sure. Like for example, you know, people will write CV. CV is a claimant vehicle. CVD is a claimant vehicle driver. And some of these things are industry abbreviations. And so we we kind of, you know, through the pre-training, we already have semantic models that can understand those things. What is becomes challenging as we go and we have to pre-train our NLP models is to understand the context. And the context is, hey, I was injured three months back. Do you really understand that this is, I'm not talking about the injury now. I am talking about my prior injury. I am talking about injury that happened three months ago, which was not related to the, the current accident or the current loss. Big difference between the two, because you are very objectively looking at the facts of loss for a particular claim and resolving that claim, irrespective of what you did, who you are, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if you have, you know, criminal offenses. If you have filed an insurance claim, I have to be looking at your claim and that fact of the facts of loss associated associated to that claim. So on your website, it says 55 million claims analyzed. Yes. Really? More than that. That number was two years ago. We've been... <laughs> okay. We've been doing more than that, and we've got more than 50,000 pre-trained insights. We've got injury ontologies, damages ontologies, so that cover both uh, property damages and bodily injuries. And we also have what is called dictionaries. So it can understand when I'm saying uh, a synonym versus an antonym versus something that is similar, semantic in nature. Um, and also the the NLP models that can sense the uh, the context very clearly because the roof is damaged is different from there was no damage to the roof. Yes. So the machine does that, right? I mean, the machine learns all these things in the claims. Yes. So based on what Lee asked me, what is the similarity? The similarity is the training that ChatGPT has received and the same training, you know, we have created that layer um, that has all these, you know, dictionaries, ontologies. So when you talk about the, the language model, the language model in English language model understands nouns, pronouns, adjectives, and that's how it's able to predict, you know, the next verb, you know, given the sentence. It's able to fill in those details. The same thing Charlie does, you know, in terms of the claims language model. It has all the ontologies. It has all the dictionaries. What it's basically telling you is if there was a roof damage in a claim, if I'm an adjuster and I want to know, was there a roof damage? It can tell you, yes, there was a roof damage. And here is the context for it. 
So it can give that information, facts of loss, very clearly. So it's And then it uses that to predict severity of the claim. It also uses that to predict litigation. It also uses that to predict whether or not there will be an attorney involved or not. So in that sense, the prediction is similar in the sense of the language model, in how the GPT has trained English language and how we have trained for the claims language is similar. And what is different is the source of data. Uh, they, they went public information, public data, but we have worked with several different carriers and data um, and, and secured and uh, in a secured manner, you know, and anonymize the insights and learned through that. And so how how do you work with the with a claim department or a carrier or a TPA? Is it a a database that you read and then push back in? Is it a, a report that you send them? How how does the actual work how, how does it go? So Charlie has a web application and they can log into the web application and take a look at the dashboards and what we call as quick l- uh, links or quick reports. These quick reports are basically, um, I would say, prioritized list of claims that the adjusters or the managers must look at immediately. These are open claims that have the level of risks that, you know, through our pre-learning, we know that if these elements are present in your claim, this claim is either heading to a high severity or heading into litigation or could get an attorney involved and because of those characteristics that we have pre-learned, we are able to very quickly go into your claims and prioritize certain claims based on those risk indicators and present that to the claims operations team so they can jump on it and say, okay, I'm gonna put this. Uh, for example, you know, you have claims that have uh, what is called the TBI, uh, traumatic brain injury. And, you know, these are like, you know, high severity claims. And if there is an attorney involved, then it's heading to litigation, things like that, you know, and we say, here are some open claims that have exactly the same indicators. You might want to look at this and put it in your workflow immediately. So when we work with carriers or TPS, anybody handling claims, they give us the claims data. And the first engagement is usually a a 21-day free POC because we have the pre-trained insights. We are very confident that within three weeks, we present the um, both the open claims analysis predictions and the past trends on the closed claims. We give back the accuracy levels of our predictions in the three weeks, and they can look at the UI, they can look at the web application, and you know all the Charlie analysis is going to be there. They can make a decision at that point if you know what they see is something that they can actually use in real time and. Pretty much after that, you know, they they get into production and within like less than two months, they can be in production with their data flowing in continuously, whether it is coming through a batch mode or whether it is using the Charlie API. And I mean, I think that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking once you get into a batch mode or an API, you can start working in in near real time, I guess, right? Every day you show up and there's new claims to research and it and it prioritizes the the claims for you. Did I, did I hear that right? Absolutely. And then if you look at it, you know, the API can feedback into the claims management system. So as soon as now you a claim is reported in the claims management system, now you, your Charlie is giving you all these intelligent insights so you can get to an early mitigation and early resolution of that claim. And that's going to be a, a win-win. And, and that's what we're seeing our customers do. Within four to five months, we have seen customers, you know, um, ROI study that customers have done, not we, but customers have done an incredible amount of um, ROI right there. You know, millions of dollars of savings. And it's it's fascinating to see the, the success, you know, uh, that's coming out, but it also takes a lot of discipline from the carrier's side to be able to kind of incorporate, you know, these insights into their workflows. What else? I mean, I, I'm just in here thinking you can get so much information, but but litigation is so important right now. You, you just kind of barely 
barely touched on it. Tell us a little more about the uh, litigation and and what you're doing to help identify pre-lit files. I'll give you two numbers here, two stats. Litigation has gone up 47% in the last five years. Litigation of what? The claims litigation. Basically, you're in trial, you're in court. Litigation means you're in trial, you're in court. It doesn't, you know, it. the, the attorney can be involved in the claim. That doesn't mean litigation. That just means the attorney is involved in the claim. They can, you can, you can have different multiple offers to them. Settle, settle it, you know, without going to the court. That's just with the attorney. Litigation is when actually a summons and complaint has been filed in the court, and you're actually in litigation. You could go to trial, you could settle it out of court, whatever it is. But SNC summons and complaint being filed is the marker for litigation. So when when I say litigation has gone up, that means, you know, you're actually, your claims are actually landing up in court. And typically, you know, given the jury and everything, it's it's a hit or a miss whether you're going to actually get into a nuclear verdict or even beyond that, a thermonuclear verdict. Now, just kind of going back in time, you know, it's like, okay, you have the litigation, but prior to the litigation, what happens? An attorney gets involved. What we have seen post-COVID is a 33% increase in attorneys getting involved in the first one month of the claim being filed, claim being reported. And they're also picking and, and getting more aggressive and because of that, you know, the the claims adjusters, some novice, untrained novice, new claims adjusters are just not asking the right questions and hurrying up to settle the claim. So both these things, again, go back to the intelligence that, you know, you can be trained on. If you know that this is the intelligence, if I tell you, hey, there is, uh, there is you know, uh, mental stress, anxiety, there, you know, complaints of that. There is a pregnant woman in the accident. Did you ever ask her what happened? You know, so things like that, you know, that that are indicators that, you know, this is actually headed, you know, in the wrong direction. There is a sliver window of time, you know, and, and that's a very short window. If you don't ask the right questions and if you don't have the intelligence also to, you know, when I say intelligence, I'm not talking about the, the the human intelligence, like intelligent insights. When you don't know that, when you don't, don't have the experience of a very experienced adjuster, when you don't have these things, then you're not asking the right questions, then you're waiting too long and you're letting, you know, you're, you're basically vulnerable at that time for any attorney involvement. And once the attorney gets involved, it's eight times more expensive. And then you take it to the court, God only knows how much more expensive it can get. So to to be able to kind of provide those markers, and I remember I told you, we, we provide the prioritized lists. These prioritized lists are also prioritized based on no attorney involvement. So if I point out, hey, here is a bodily injury claim or here is a physical damage claim, here are the indicators on it and there's no attorney involved, it's only been a month or two or two, three months, resolve these claims faster. So close those claims and do not give an opportunity for an attorney to get involved or for an attorney to take it to the next level. And these are, again, going back to um, the training that a claims manager can provide and how do they provide the training? By looking at your files. So what is uh, the lines of business that your product is being used mostly for? Is it a disability or bodily injury? Is that where it tends to fall mostly? Or is it in in, in any line of business, property, auto, it's, et cetera? So it's pretty much all PNC lines and more so whatever crosses, like bodily injury crosses several lines, You've got auto, you've got homeowners, you've got GL, you've got BOP. Mm-hmm. So pretty much anything that mm-hmm. covers bodily injury and also physical damage um, portion of the lines of business, so both commercial and uh, personal lines of uh, PNC. So Sri, what, what's the secret sauce here 
that you guys are doing. Tell us, tell us what's most important. Tell us the secret sauce. The secret sauce is the carrier's claims operations team and how effectively they can utilize you know, the AI-specific insights and not really worry so much about picking the right vendor or, you know, you, you can experiment small, in small ways, you can experiment with vendors and bring the vendor that has the most pre-trained insights because that's giving you a, a good worldview of, of all the risk insights. And once you do that, the biggest secret sauce is in the implementation of workflows. I think that's really the key in how you can very quickly embed that and create new workflows. And I also have also seen success in terms of uh, having smaller goals and small wins, you know, measure yourself every three months. And this is kind of the secret sauce of our customers who have gotten like, you know, single to multiple digit um, ROI success factors. That's wonderful. I mean, you you have a really cool product and Rob and I are, are property casualty people. Like we're in the claims and I'm just thinking of a million ways to 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 use this data. Who who are your customers today? Is it insurance companies or is it claims departments? Who 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 are your customers? It's insurance companies mainly. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. We also have an MGA. We've tried working with TPAs. I think, you know, it's um the the TPAs need need to come up with, you know, a good solid ROI, I guess. And, you know, I think the biggest ROI is the expenses. You know, the you, you don't need to spend like 10 hours on a claim. If you have, you know, all these insights, spend four hours on this claim and move on to the next one. I Agreed. think that's kind of where the uh, the metric, the ROI metric is is probably a little different, not not too different, a little different in um, in terms of mitigating Avoiding litigation, avoiding, you know, the attorney involvement and expenses, reducing expenses. The biggest thing is, um, which I forgot to mention, is the reserves. We haven't even talked about reserving. The, mm. This is one of the hidden benefits. This is what one of the customers told me. It's like the sure. hidden benefits of Charlie is is to get to those accurate reserving. Oh, right. Okay, because, you, you got to give us a little bit on that. You got to well, tell well, us. You're, you're identifying the problematic claims very early that might look like they only need a, you know, a small or a whatever size reserve, but they may need a much larger one based on the attributes of the claim. Right. And I, I could totally see that. And that's probably a wonderful use for your product. Well, it's both it's under reserving and over reserving also. Correct. So here we are providing you factors. So, Couple of companies I've heard, Geico and Progressive, do what is called factorial reserving, and this is like you know you you know you're doing a blanket factor factor reserving, and look at the if you just think about the the factorial reserving, what do these factors uh, really denote? I mean, these factors are coming from your own claims risk indicators, and that's what Charlie picks and tells you, and so they have said that you know because. They're able to understand the severity indicators. That's really, again, again, focus on the facts of loss. If I'm able to point out all those severity facts of loss, here is a fracture. Here is, you know, the structural damage. Here is uh, a TBI or, you know, I'm pointing out all those risk factors, indicators to you. Now you're able to, you know, adjust your reserves after the statistical reserve point is you know, already happened. And throughout the course of your uh, claim, you know, claim adjudication, you can manage those reserves very effectively, impacting all the way to the IBNR. Yeah, I think I think that is a great use for it. Lee, is this something that you could use in your work? 100%. 100%. Tell us about that. Well, I mean, I oversee a very large claims department here at Alacrity, I oversee our TPA department. And I'm just thinking of all of the ways to reduce touch points and to make claims handling easier and quicker. And if you can identify uh, possible SIU, possible prelit, 
if you're able to identify the claims that need to be looked at quicker and 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 first each day, but then at the reserves, under reserving is is just as important as over reserving. I mean, there is so much here. I'm just thinking it is it's so important. I'm smiling because we're actually just finishing up a POC. I'm not going to name the customer, but in the in the lot of the um, the um, indicators that we have pointed out, we have we have seen alacrity everywhere. Have you? Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, then I look forward to talking to to your team after this call. That's for sure. Some interesting underwriting issues that we have been able to point out through the claims. Wow. Well, there you go. You got to have the good data, right? You got to have the data. Yeah. Well, listen, we have found a way to uh, eat up 45 minutes of your day and thrilled to have you on. You know, I mean, we didn't even get into, of course, you know, probably the phrase of the year is AI, the phrase of 2023, and the buzz around it is remarkable. So to be working in that neighborhood, and, and like you said, you're not, a, you're not new to it. You've been doing this for years, and AI has been around for years as yep. well. And I'm sure it's very exciting for you to see that the rest of the world is catching up with a place where you've been uh, living for a long time. And also coming up with fancy names for it. So that's right. <laughs> like Chat GPT. <laughs> Any GPTs. Any yeah. GPT. Yeah. Yeah. Lots I mean, lots of acronyms, lots of initials in, in the AI world. Well, you know, when big data came, it's the same feeling I had. It's like, wait a minute, you know, insurance has always been big data. <laughs> yeah. So, yes, it no. has. No, the issue has been, and this is exactly what your whole company is based on this. How do you digest it? Yeah. How do you find it and digest it and make it ash actionable? All the, I, I'm sure what you find is many times, all the data that we need is there. It's just, exactly. it's just getting it all to come together into, into clean insights. That's and, the and, hard part. Not, and, not is, does it exist? Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think, um, insurance industry is very risk averse every time they hear a new acronym, you know, you, you suddenly pull back, but if you peel the layers and look at it, it's like, wait a minute, we have been doing this forever. Uh, I can tell you how many claims managers, you know, who have spent decades adjudicating or adjusting claims have been doing NLP forever. You know, that's NLP, you know, because your brain does it. You don't really think about, you know, the, the artificial aspect of, of, you know, translating that, that experiences and that memories, you know, into, into somewhere else, you know, into another brain. And really that's what it's trying to mimic. And it's not, it's not, as effective as a human brain, the only part it shines is the automation and the volume in how it does. But, you know, it's it's all there. We've been doing it forever. We're going to be doing it forever. So I, I'm excited about the the um, the awareness that has happened through ChatGPT. You know, I, I must, I guess in that sense, I must thank them. You know, everybody knows AI now. Everybody uh -huh. Everyone. Everyone's uh -huh. open to it now. And excited about what it might be able to do for them. Yep. Yep. Well, you have a very exciting company. Thank you so much for being on. Very exciting. And we're we're um, thrilled that you took the time to meet with us today. And we'll look forward to hearing more about Charlie as time goes on. Well, it definitely rhymes with Lee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's meant to be. Yeah, you I might know. have to start sending him a check every month because of that, you know, careful. Oh, my God. It was only part of the name, so. Well, <laughs> he, he, he would only want part of, part of He it. only wants part of your revenue, so don't oh worry about it. Oh, my God. <laughs> As customers, how about this? You know, he gives me a check for the uh, for Charlie, for using Charlie, and I'll give him part of the check back. For there you <laughs> go. We'll make something work out. There you go. Okay. Well, thank you. Wow. Thank you both for having me. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Lee. Have a great day. You Happy too. holidays. You too. Happy, Happy holidays. holidays. Thank you. GPT, NLU, NLP. Oh my gosh. There's a lot of acronyms out there. There's a lot of them. There's, There's a an lot industry of that found more acronyms than insurance. Insurance uses a lot of acronyms. Yep. And, you know, 
all of, all of the AI stuff, one thing I'll say is that as time goes by, more and more use cases are emerging. Right. And uh, what influence it has in insurance five years from now, very, very interesting. Yeah, I sure. think this is a prime example of where it's going. I mean, yeah. they're they're doing some amazing things and the future's the future's bright. <sighs> okay. Well, as we come up, this is our last podcast of the year, even though you're hearing this next year. Mm-hmm. It's our last podcast. So um let's say some thank yous. What do you say, Lee? I think that'd be great. Can we thank Alicia and Al first? We'll thank our producers, Alicia Moss and Aldrin Muya. Thank you, Alicia and all, all who've been with us for years now, and without whose help, our podcast would sound like this. So it's a good thing <laughs> that they're around. That was funny, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. And you. uh, who else? How about uh, Jim Pearl, uh, John Hall, and all the people at Alacrity? Yeah, thank you, Alacrity. Thank you for thank the you, support, Alacrity. for the continued support from uh, the 470 days to today. Thanks for all. Thanks for all your help. Who else we got out there? Well, we we ought to thank the listeners. You think? Well, without them, no one would listen to that. We would still talk, but no one would listen to it. You go first. I like to thank the listeners. I like to thank them all, everybody for listening, and all of those who reach out to us at conferences and email and talk to us and encourage new guests and say, "Hey, you got to meet this person." Uh, we thank you all for for taking the time to do that. Five years, hundreds of episodes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you've listened to all of them, we love you even more. If you've listened to love one of them, we love you too. So keep it up in the new year. We hope that you had wonderful holidays and um, we'll see you on the next episode. So until then, we'll say goodbye, everybody. <laughs>